in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Well, folks, good afternoon. Right now, my goodness, look at this day. Look at this weather. You are listening right now. It is 106 on Election Eve, Monday, November 7th. And you're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Do you realize and recognize right now you haven't had lunch? You know what a great spot to head out to is the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln, right off of 146. They're waiting for you. Lunch, dinner, sit out on the deck, drinks in the lounge. What a bonus day we have. God is good. 76 degrees. Tomorrow's going to be nice as well, but not as nice as today. Folks, pop in and see the Lodge Pub and Eatery 40, Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. All right, let's get you caught up on all the news of the day. And, you know, it's tough to judge um, where things are. I am voting tomorrow. I am voting on Election Day. I don't like all this early voting. I don't think it's positive. And especially when you see uh, the story that's really out there is, in fact, uh, and everyone is jumping on it, Governor McKee leaning over and helping elderly people fill out their ballots. And it's it's very, very disturbing and troubling. And uh, but, folks, what you're about to watch happen is this. I believe this is going to be an absolute red tidal wave that is completely about to hit the entire country. People are had it. People are tired of it. Um, people are just ready for something different. So now let's get you up to speed. I want to just see what are some of the last minute local political stories. Um, let's see. Final. Okay. McKee and Kalis make final push ahead of election day. Channel 12 has some audio on that. How about Ashley Kalis in Cumberland, in Governor McKee's hometown of Cumberland, making a final push to get people out? And then, of course, you had Governor McKee um, helping people, even though it's illegal, um, fill out their ballots. I want to hear this is the Channel 12 story, I believe. Okay. Heading into the last day of campaigning for the midterm elections, local candidates making their last minute push for votes. Though at least 81,000 Rhode Islanders have already cast their ballots early. Uh. 12 News reporter Sheena Loshuto joining us live from Cumberland. She's uh, catching up with the candidates today. That's right. It is the final push today. Both incumbent Governor Dan McKee and his Republican rival Ashley Kalis are just spending the day talking to voters and visiting businesses here in the area, hoping to just secure your vote. Just a few moments ago here in Cumberland, we spoke with Ashley Kalis at Fenton Farms which happens to be just down the street from where Dan McKee lives. The incumbent governor was also in Woonsocket out of business today talking to voters. Now, both sides agree small businesses are a priority, but what will they do to prove that in office? That's what voters really want to know. Both Kalis and McKee feeling very confident just hours away from the election. 
Rhode Island needs a fighter, someone that is going to protect Rhode Island, yeah. and I'm confident that the voters will choose me. But please go out and vote. I need every single vote. This is going to be a close race. We do our best, uh, making sure that uh, we prepare. And now we'll leave it up to the voters, but I have confidence that the voters will voters. understand that we have a great deal of momentum and we want to hold on to it. Let's uh, hope that. Now, we have been catching up with the candidates really almost every day leading up to this. Both are typically very, very critical of each other. But today, they tell us it is all about the voters. They're asking everyone they talk to to please go out to the polls tomorrow. We'll be tracking this for you all day long. I'll have much more coverage at 4 o'clock starting on 12 News. I'm Sheena. All right, Sheena Lushido. All right, so that's good. And then I I do understand, folks, they want to end positive. I get that they want to end positive. But I don't know how you ignore when you have such blatant voter fraud going on with the McKee campaign. I mean, there they are instructing the people and helping them fill out their ballots. I I just, for the life of me, I I just don't understand how you you ignore that. Now, Channel 10 has a piece on early voting. Let's... um, Listen to some of that. And then folks across the country, and again, good afternoon at 111. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 Let's listen. This is um, Channel 10's piece. I'm Barbara Morse. It is the last day of early voting before Election Day tomorrow. Rhode Island Secretary of State Nellie Gorbea is visiting some early voting sites across the state. NBC 10's Liz Bateson caught up with her to talk about the security of the elections. Hey there, Liz. Hey, Barb, I'm here at the Pastoria Youth Center in Cranston. Over the last two hours or so, I've seen a steady flow of voters coming in and out of the building to cast their ballots. Secretary of State Nelly Grobea assuring me more procedures are in place to make sure every vote is counted. From Central uh, Falls to Cranston, voters are heading out that. to the polls early to make their voices heard. This is part of the electoral process. This is part of a democracy. It is for voters, citizens, to get involved. The Secretary of State's office reporting a 10% voter turnout already in Rhode Island with more than 55,000 people casting their ballots early. People have complicated lives. They can't uh, all make it into one day. It's not true. And so by Look. what you're seeing in the numbers uh, is people taking God a poll to say win. this is how I want to vote. While convenient, there have been some problems. During the primaries, some Spanish language ballots were loaded with candidate names from 2018 on new express vote machines. The Secretary of State assuring voters that won't be an issue this time around. We know we absolutely changed procedures and improved on them. As for what changes were made. Making sure that there was a Spanish language individual looking at the ballots at the Board of Elections. Uh. Anytime you have new equipment, there might be uh, the opportunity for not seeing things that you, in hindsight, should have done. Uh, So all of that has been corrected. Election officials nationwide are also taking a stand to make sure voters feel safe when heading out to the polls. Voter intimidation is wrong. It's against the law. And anyone who is doing it should be prosecuted. (laughs) How about Governor McKay? The Board of Elections Office says tomorrow night we can expect in-person votes to be counted first, followed by the early votes, and then the mail-in ballots will start rolling in around 10 o'clock. Live in Cranston, Liz Bateson, NBC 10 News. And that's what we have to then be careful of, folks. Then that is what you have to be careful of is when 
just as they said, when the ballots start to roll in. All right, let's go with some of the sound. Again, folks, good afternoon. It's 1.13 on this just fantastic Monday. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. It is exciting to watch what's happening around the country. Let's go to Meet the Press. Claire McCaskill says, no, wait a minute. Democrats need to lose more than 40 seats for it to be a red wave. Well, there's a good shot of that. Let's hear it. It better be only 20 seats because they want to be able to get it back in 24. And if you let if it gets too big and it becomes hard to get back in 24, that's double for the Senate. Well, here's the deal. Listen, this time of year is, is exciting for all of us who are so close to it. It also gives me a giant headache. <laughs> I mean, it is like so ridiculous. Because well, you've been on the ballot. How does it feel when you're on the ballot? I have won when the polls said I couldn't, and I have lost when the polls said I would win. So I am not a big believer in all of the horse race stuff. I think a lot of people are motivated to vote, and, and I think historically, to call it a wave, it would have to be the same size as Donald Trump lost mm-hmm. after his first two years in the presidency. We would have to lose more than 40 seats, yeah. more than 60 seats for it not to be lining up with what happens historically and you know inflation is really hard but what most americans don't get this is global this is not joe biden we have some of the least inflation in the developed world but he's not able to really get that home because when bread costs that much (laughs) and when eggs cost that much that's what people vote about folks don't you understand things are really expensive in australia so you shouldn't complain i mean it's ridiculous this is their argument. Is there anyone that believes that? All right, let's go to ABC's John Carl sat down with uh, Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin. Whether or not Republicans, House Republicans, launch investigations to Democrats if they retake Congress. I want to just hear some of this because this is a guy to watch. You know, I'm hearing a lot though, uh, of talk about investigations, investigations of Hunter Biden, FBI, all things Anthony Fauci, um, Republicans talking about going, you know, all in if they take control, particularly the House. Is that really what what you're campaigning on, to, to have massive investigations and all? I think that, uh, that the House and the Senate and the White House are going to have to go to work and offer solutions. On top of that, our democracy is better when our Congress exercises its uh, responsibility for oversight, and they can also deliver answers. I think voters are going to make a statement on Tuesday, and they want their elected leaders to deliver results. What about all this impeachment talk? I mean, I've gone through, I I can count at least three members of the Biden cabinet that Republicans have talked about uh, impeaching. And obviously, there have already been impeachment resolutions introduced, many of them, uh, for Biden himself. Would that be a mistake for for Republicans that go in again. I, I, I believe strongly that our democracy is better when our Congress exercises its oversight functions. Impeachment. The, the reality of this is that Virginians are going to vote for congressional representatives, and I think that we're going to see a number of seats flip, and they want them to go to work to deliver. But let me press you on that, though. I mean, common sense, kitchen table issues, that's what you've been talking about. Is, is that what voters have in mind, impeaching an impeachment of, of Joe Biden? I mean, I'm hearing that a lot. 
Well, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know if uh, if well, that Congress, mistake is all massive. That I, mistake I can't, to go with I can't speculate on what they're going to do. But what I can tell you what is what they should do is what I'm asking. Is you. they have done? Well, I'm I'm a governor. I know you're a campaigning for members of you know, I'm a governor in Virginia for, for and, people to be a governor. My job as governor in Virginia is to deliver for Virginians. Yeah. And oh, by the way, I think that Republicans offer answers that Democrats have failed to offer over and over and over again. I like that. So, folks, in case those of you that are just wondering. There is talk about going after Biden regarding the border. There's real talk on that. I mean, they, he and Harris, I, 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 don't, I don't know what to make of that. I'll hear it afterwards. Let's, let's, let's make sure they win first. So let's make sure that he, they win first. All right, let's go to this is Nate Silver, big pollster with uh, Martha Raddatz on ABC's This Week. Pretty clear front runner is the GOP. Let's hear this. How are things shaping up for control of the House and Senate? So in the House, you have a pretty clear front runner, which is the GOP, given all the history of the opposition party doing well at the midterms, given the polling, the president's approval rating. Um, it's not a guarantee, but it's as though they're kicking like a 42-yard field goal. You would expect that to happen most of the time. Um, the Senate is much closer. We have the GOP with a 55-45 edge. You can call that a dead heat if you want. You'd rather have 55 than 45. But with six or seven races within a couple of points, you could have fairly big swings either way. That is, I, I think it's going to be, I, I think it's just going to be a blowout. I think it's going to be a blowout. Let me go back to this week. Amid reports, former President Trump could launch another bid. Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin says, I think folks are talking about things beyond November 8th. I think we're missing the priority of today's moment. Let me just hear this. The former president decides to Here we go. Close advisors to Donald Trump say that he's preparing to run for president very soon after uh, Tuesday. Uh, do you welcome that or would you rather he didn't run? Let me begin. The only timeline that anybody should be focusing on right now is the one that leads through November the 8th. That's right. The former president is going to do what the former president decides to do. Yep. And, Would you support him? Well, I, at this point, I'm not supporting anybody. But, but are you looking at running for president? Yes. Is that, is that a possibility? You should. I'm looking at November the 8th. I understand. But, I, you know, you know. I mean, but the reality is, something, I'm always humbled by this question because yeah. I get it a lot. Um, and yet the reality is what I have done uh, in Virginia over the last year should is run. bring a sense of urgency to deliver. It was a blue state and we flipped it red. Would Trump running make you more? Or less likely to run no effect. Would it affect your decision? I have really have not given it any real consideration. And I have been so focused no. on making sure that I'm doing a great job in Virginia and supporting candidates that I think will deliver for their constituents. This is a November 8th moment. And the reality is folks that are talking about things beyond November the 8th, I think are missing the priority of today's moment. I agree with that, actually. You know, don't count out. Listen, it's going to be a rough primary. It just is. And maybe some people, folks, good afternoon at 1.20. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can listen online at the website, DePietro.com. Maybe some people feel that none of these people should be running if President Trump wants to run. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. Um, I, I think he is going to run. That uh, Governor Glenn Youngkin. He's a force. Then when you allow the process to take place, that's how you end up with the best candidate. The reason why, hear me out, 
No one else is going to tell you this. The reason why President Trump won in 2016 was because he survived and won a bruising Republican primary. He did. In in 2016, the voters, Republican voters said, Jeb Bush is not the guy. No, in 2016, Republican voters said John Kasich is not the guy. Ted Cruz is not the guy. Marco Rubio is not the guy. Jeb Bush, Marco Rubio, John Kasich, Ted Cruz, they're not the guy. Trump was the one that won that primary. If they had, by the way, the political establishment said, okay, here's who the nominee should be. You pick between Jeb Bush, Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, and John Kasich. Those are the four you can pick from. That's not the way it works. If they had done that, any one of those four would have lost to Hillary. Because Trump was the better candidate. Let them battle it out. Let them have a primary. DeSantis wants to run. DeSantis is going to run. DeSantis, it could be his time. I know this is probably upsetting to some people, but I don't go. I don't go. It's just, it's a disagreement. I don't go with this, you anoint someone. I don't go for that. Not something that stakes like this. All right, let's go back to, um, folks, 123 Election Eve, Propane Plus, heating and cooling. Call them today for propane service. If you use propane, call Propane Plus, 401-885-4209. In Massachusetts, 508-252-3359 for Propane Plus. Three generations, they're available 24-7 for service and delivery. Online billing, schedule your service delivery at the click of a button. You receive a free safety inspection. Call Propane Plus today. You can also check them out online at propaneplus.com. Very user-friendly website, residential or commercial. You can depend on Propane Plus. Call them, 401-885-4209, 401-885-4209 in Massachusetts, 508-252-3359. Let's go back to, um, we have a lot of sound. How about Elon Musk? Is telling independent voters to vote Republican. So now, Whoopi Goldberg, all these people are upset. And all these people are, are saying that they're, they're no longer. Uh, this is just hitting. Whistleblower claims Hunter and then VP Joe Biden were part of a group, group called to discuss online gambling venture in Latin America. Huh, that's interesting. All right, they, they, they're going to be investigated. I mean, the Bidens are going to be investigated. They just are. Interesting that Governor McKee was also in Cumberland at a senior center, senior center. But I don't know if at that particular senior center he was helping people fill out their ballots. So let's go to, uh, I played Nate Silver. We talked about that. Um, 
40 seats as a red wave. Let's go. This is President Trump in Florida over the weekend. Marco Rubio. I don't like that. Mike Pence at seven. Oh, Mike's doing better than I thought. Liz Cheney, there's no way she's at 4%. There's no way. There's no way. But we're at 71 to 10 to 7 to 4. Ron DeSanctimonious. Okay, this idea that we were overhyping a Trump-DeSantis rivalry, uh, no. No, we're not. I mean, he already has a nickname for a potential rival. Chuck, I had a conversation uh, overnight with a high-level source who's been in constant communication with former President Trump, who said he very seriously considered announcing last night or sometime this weekend. Oh. His aides' advisors have urged him not to do oh. that. Cooler heads prevailed, I'm told, oh, and he didn't. God. He all but said that on the record, by the way. He all but walked up to the line of announcing that he was running for president again by saying i will very 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 he added a fourth very probably do it he said but i want the focus to be on these candidates and i am told he is just itching to announce to potentially freeze the field but the question is will he no he's not going to freeze the field he's not going to freeze the field all right folks you can email me john at dipetro.com uh go to my website dipetro.com now let's see cranston voting Derek sent this. Let me check that out. Um, not seeing anything just yet, but maybe I will. Not sure. Go to the website, just hit contact John. Let's see. No more early voting, it's always corrupt. Ex-Mayor Lisa Baldell, this is an email now. Ex-Mayor Lisa Beltelli Hunt brings people to City Hall for voting, go in with them to help with the ballots to vote for her team standing in back of them while they vote. So she can see who they're voting for. These people are elderly. If you're on a ballot, she shouldn't be able to help people. I agree with that. I completely agree with that, as a matter of fact. You know, there should be, there should be no element of that. Uh, let's see. What's going on in Cranston? Alice Patron, who's on the Cranston Board of Cameras, seen this afternoon, speaking with elected official Robert Ferry. Patron was seen by more than one eyewitness telling voters to vote Democrat. As you can see, she's clearly inside the line. Should people on the canvassing board be able to campaign with voting wearing badges? Boy, I don't know. That's a good one, Derek. I'll try to find out. I'll post that. I will post that. It's 127. I am voting tomorrow. I'm voting tomorrow. I want to see what the experience is like. Uh, I completely disagree with Nellie Gorbea. This whole business of, oh, we have to and people have to vote when it's convenient. And <clears throat> I disagree with that. I think the number one thing is to get the most accurate result. Let's go back to Meet the Press. Boy, Pennsylvania folks, down to the wire. Dr. Oz against Fetterman. Listen that to this. Where all the presidents seem to want to be. Both parties see the Pennsylvania Senate race between Democrat John Fetterman and Republican Mehmet Oz as essentially probably the most critical state to decide control of the Senate. It's certainly one of the closest contests out there. Barack Obama, Joe Biden, and Donald Trump, all of them were in the Keystone State Saturday making their closing arguments. Your right to vote is on the ballot. No, it's not. Social Security and Medicare is in the ballot. Lie. There's something else on the ballot. Car- 
character. Uh, double lie. On the lie. Reason and basic decency are on the ballot. Democracy itself is on the ballot. The Failing. 2024, most importantly, we are going to take back our magnificent, oh, it's so beautiful, White House. Yeah. We're going to take it back, and you're going to be hearing about it very soon. Well, my colleague Dasha Burns is in Philadelphia, perhaps the most important county to Democratic hopes of holding the Senate. Dasha. Yeah, Chuck, you said it. Not one, not two, but three presidents all in this state, all on the same day, underscoring the outsized importance of this state. President Biden and former President Obama on the campaign trail together for the first time in this midterm election. And their joint effort was here in Philadelphia. You said it there too, Chuck. This city and its surrounding suburbs, the turnout here could make or break it for Democrats. And the Suburban voters we've been talking to in this area, Chuck, consistently list inflation and crime as their top issues. And Oz has tried to make a play for those voters, focusing on that issue of public safety and trying to paint himself as a moderate candidate, which is a pivot from his MAGA approach in the primary that won him the endorsement of former President Donald Trump. And the question is, will that rally he had with Trump last night, will that help or hurt him, especially in his effort to win over these purple suburbs? It's going to matter because every single vote won this weekend will be critical in a race that's become a dead heat in the home stretch here, Chuck. Wow. No doubt if Oz comes up short, that attendance with Mastriano and Trump, that rally is going to get questioned. You don't know that. I disagree with that. How about yesterday, folks, also on Meet the Press? Chuck, Chuck Todd starts to say to Democrat candidates, be safe out on the campaign trail. It used to just be good luck on the campaign trail. All right, let's go to his uh, data download. This is from Meet the Press yesterday. 6 a.m. Here we go. Welcome back to Data Download Time. Even though we're all counting down to Tuesday, let's be realistic. It's highly likely we will not know the full results of the midterms on election night. In fact, by 6 a.m., the day after Election Day 2020, look at all the battleground states where we were not at uh, 95%, let alone 99%, right? You're, look, Wisconsin, Ohio, North Carolina, Georgia, and Florida, we should at least know where these are trending. We should know if Georgia's in a runoff by 6 a.m. But look at the problem here. Pennsylvania, 78%. New Hampshire, just 75% reporting. Arizona, Nevada, the states that are going to decide this majority, we're not going to know the day after the election. But we're going to get some clues about the House very early on. Virginia and Indiana, their polls close by 7 p.m. And they're both fast-counting states. So here's what we're going to learn. Elaine Luria, this should be the first district Republicans should be able to pick up. If they're not picking this up, it's suddenly a much better night for Democrats than people thought. Virginia 7 and Indiana 1 should be the next two that Republicans flip if they're going to have as good of a night as they think they're going to have. And let me add another dis district here. If for some reason this turns into a red tsunami, keep an eye on the 10th congressional district in Virginia. That was the one Barbara Comstock held. If that flips, then you know a huge Republican night. Now, did African Americans turn out? Two places to watch, Milwaukee County and Philadelphia County. Democrats need huge margins here. And if the African American vote shows up and it looks like uh, 2018, 
then they should feel pretty good. But if those numbers are lower, then you know that there was a problem. How about young voters? Dane County is a good place to check in Wisconsin, home of the University of Wisconsin. Center County is home of Penn State University. Will the Democrats get these margins and the raw vote that they need? No. That's two places to, to look for. Now, as for Republicans, they want a huge rural turnout. Well, Putnam County in Ohio, Look at that. He had a 62-point margin in 2018. Will it get bigger? That's something to, to watch there. Chattooga County in Georgia. This is Marjorie Taylor Greene's district. Mm. How big will the Republican turnout be? That should matter. And then also, if Republicans are going to have a really good night, they've got to improve their numbers in suburban counties. Delaware County is a place to look here. Will This is a place Democrats have been inching and, and eroding the Republican gains here. Will that continue or not? Cherokee County, sort of an exurb, if you will, of Atlanta. Democrats have been making some progress there. Let's see what happens uh, in 2022. So bottom line is this. Those are the places to watch, but it's going to be election week, not election. Folks, Arizona is, um, is really interesting. And that Carrie Lake, she is very, very impressive. Very, very impressive. Now... Let's go to the rally yesterday. President Trump, he realized, okay, maybe he shouldn't have said that about Ron DeSantis. He's at a rally for Marco Rubio and tries to make amends. The wonderful Here we go. people of Florida are going to... Oh, here we go. ...elect the wonderful, the great friend of mine, Marco Rubio, to the United States Senate. Are you going to re-elect Ron DeSantis as your governor of your state? And you're going to elect an incredible slate of true MAGA warriors to Congress, many of whom are here right now. I think all people of- <laughs> I like that, the MAGA warriors. Hey, it's still, listen, make no mistake about it. It's still his party. But it has to be battled out. I think it does. All right, I want to go to longtime Democrat strategist says, I'm a loyal Democrat, I'm not happy. I think we did not listen to voters in the election. I think we're going to have a bad night. Let's play. This was on um, CNN. I want to hear this. Bad night? Listen yeah, to this. You know, Here we go. Hillary, you have a different take maybe than Bakari on Democrats. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I think Mark is right. as a Democrat. Um, I'm, a, I'm a loyal Democrat, but I am not happy. I just think that we are, you know, we did not listen to voters in this election. And I think we're going to have a bad night. And, you know, this conversation is not going to have much impact on Tuesday, but I hope it has an impact going forward. Because when voters tell you over and over and over again that they care mostly about the economy, listen to them. Stop talking about democracy being at stake. Democracy is at stake because people are fighting so much about what elections mean. I mean, voters have told us what they wanted to hear, and I don't think Democrats have really delivered this thing. I think that's actually very true about the national messaging that's going on, but you actually have some good candidates who are following your advice. You have people like Mark Kelly, who is running a great race. You have people like Raphael Warren, who's running a great race, and Josh Shapiro, Fetterman, and Tim Ryan. The unfortunate um, combination of strong gubernatorial candidates, you know, like Mark Kelly is a pop. I was just in Arizona and spent some time there, talked to a a bunch of voters. Mark Kelly's popular, but Carrie Lake is more popular. Right. And the combination of Carrie Lake's popularity and Joe Biden's unpopularity is going to hurt Mark Kelly. And so I think we're going to we're we're in trouble because of the top of the ticket. I don't want to interrupt your disagreement. I don't want to break up them 
on them violently. Exactly. But, but I, I feel like, look, I feel like Blake Masters is going to win Arizona because the reality is that the border is a serious issue down there. Wow. And to Hillary's point, they're not, the Democrats have not talked about how are we going to do to fix inflation at a 40 year high. What are we going to do to control the border? What are we going to do no, to handle not, crime? It's Instead, not because of facts, Mark. I don't think we're in trouble because of facts. I oh, think we're I do. in trouble because I think of messaging. You're in trouble Donald because of Trump, you guys were in office for a long time. The reality is, the at a 40-year high because of specific you guys didn't, policy. You were in office for a long time. The border did nothing crisis. To fix we, we fix you the never passed those bills. You never got anything done. Okay, we have an economic story to tell. People actually like our policies better on the economy. You know, that is, folks, and again, good afternoon at 137. I like Dana Bash on CNN. That was her panel. When you tell voters over and over, they care, They listen to them. Stop talking about democracy being at stake. She is 100% right. That strategist, what is her name? Hillary Rosen. Okay, I know who that is. She is absolutely on mark, on target. Let me hear a little bit more of this. I think that's, I think that is right on inaccurate of what's going on. They don't listen, but that is the, that's the woke progressive left dominating it. This is what we should be talking about. Roe v. Wade. We should be talking about climate change. We should be talking about J6 democracy. That's not what people want to listen to. All right, I want to hear, uh, folks, again, this is Dana Bash, CNN, with her panel. Pennsylvania, what are your thoughts on what you're seeing there, right, and then just more broadly? McConnell. Broadly, there's a consensus that's formed. It's based on the polling data, the betting markets, which I pay attention to. <laughs> Maybe most importantly, the travel schedules of the principals, like where are people being deployed and where's the money being spent? It would all have to be wrong for there to be something other than a huge victory for Republicans on Tuesday night, which I anticipate. The, the only saving grace, I think, for Democrats could be that the Republican vote has been undervalued in the last few cycles, and maybe pollsters have this time overcompensated for that, but I think that's a stretch. You came from the real world also. Yes, no, I actually think that you're seeing Republican pollsters kind of flood the market with some polling that may not be the best in the world. But I do think Democrats are going to have a better night than people expect. And the reason being is I think Democrats will will probably won't know who wins the Senate until after Georgia, which will probably be uh, December. <laughs> but on Tuesday night, you're going to see Democrats maintain or win governor's mansions in states that really matter. You're going to have uh, uh, Wisconsin. You're going to have Michigan. You're going to have Pennsylvania. Those states matter. And why do those states matter? Because of 2024. And you're also going to have Westmore, who's going to flip Maryland. And so you're going to have some victories, well, although we probably won't take back the House or keep the House. We're going to maintain the Senate. And those governor's mansions really matter. Well, I'm looking forward to getting Michael's advice on the betting markets because I think <laughs> But I, I think that, look, I think it's to be a great night for Republicans. I think that Kevin McCarthy's been underappreciated the fact that in 2020 he didn't give up an incumbent, and now he's on the cusp of winning 20 to 25 additional seats. I think we pick up the Senate, and I actually think we're going to win a couple governor's mansions. And so I think it's going to be a very big night for Republicans. Hillary, Hillary, you have a different take maybe than Bakari on Democrats. Yeah, I, I mean, I. Mark is right. a Democrat. Um, I'm, a, I'm a loyal Democrat, but I am not happy. I just think that we are, you know, we did not listen to voters in this election, and I think we're going to have a bad night. And, you know, this conversation is not going to have much impact on Tuesday, but I hope it has an impact going forward. Because when voters tell you over and over and over again that they care mostly about the economy, listen to them. 
Stop talking about democracy being at stake. Democracy is at stake because people are fighting so much about what elections mean. I mean, voters have told us what they wanted to hear, and I don't think Democrats have really delivered this cycle. I think that's actually very true about the national messaging that's going on. But you actually have some good candidates who are following your advice. You have people like Mark Kelly, who is running a great race. You have people like Raphael Warren, yeah, and who's running I, a great race. And Josh say, Shapiro. I would say in those places, Fetterman we, and Tim we Ryan. have our, you know, the unfortunate um, combination of strong gubernatorial candidates. You know, like Mark Kelly is a pop. I was just in Arizona and spent some time there, talked to a, a bunch of voters. Mark Kelly's popular, but Kerry Lake is more popular. That's right. And the combination of Kerry Lake's popularity and Joe Biden's unpopularity is going to hurt Mark Kelly. And so I think we're going to we're we're in trouble because of the top of the ticket. Are you going to interrupt her and disagree? No, with I, I don't want to break up dem on dem violence. <laughs> exactly. But, but I, I feel like look, I feel like Blake Masters is going to win Arizona because reality is that the border is a serious issue down there. And to Hillary's point, they're not the Democrats have not talked about how are we going to do to fix inflation at a forty year high. What are we going to do to control the border? What are we going to do no, to handle not- crime? It's Instead. not because of facts, Mark. I don't think we're in trouble because of facts. I oh, think I we're do. in trouble because I think of messaging. You're in huge trouble Donald Trump, you guys were in office is, for a long time. The reality is, inflation's at a 40 year high Let, because of specific You guys didn't. You were in office for a long time and did nothing crisis, to fix immigration. You never passed a bill. You never got anything done. We have an economic story to tell. People actually like our policies better on the economy. You're kidding me. And that you have not been doing. Michael. One footnote to file away for Tuesday night as those Pennsylvania returns come in. Josh Shapiro, I think, is going to win handily against Doug Mastriano, but it'll be capped in terms of the impact on the rest of the ticket because no longer can Pennsylvanians, as we say, pull the big ticket. You've got to vote each race individually. We have a history of ticket splitting. It might be to the benefit of Dr. Oz. That's fascinating. Okay, let's, I know, obviously, we are two days away from 2022 in the midterms, but 2024, the whole question of will Donald Trump run seems to be answered. Uh, He hasn't, of course, announced, but he's made pretty clear that he's close. And one of the big tells is he's already going after potential GOP rivals. Listen to what he said about Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida last night. We're winning big, big, big in the Republican Party for the nomination like nobody's ever seen before. Let's see, there it is, Trump at 71, Rhonda Sanctimonious at 10%, Mike Pence at 7, oh, Mike's doing better than I thought. (laughs) Mark? We're not laughing at you, Mark. I'm just saying. <laughs> I know that, Picard. I think that was a pretty lame attack on, on DeSantis. But I, I think the more telling Mike sign... Mike Pence was in there, too. I think the more telling sign, frankly, was the notion last week you saw news that uh, the DOJ was thinking of independent counsel for indictments coming against President Trump. And I think he feels like he wanted to actually be announced sooner because he wanted credit for the midterm success. And he wants to get ahead of those impending indictments because then he can say, see, look, Biden's DOJ is only going after me because I'm an announced candidate. So I think that was really the more telling sign about a week ago. I want to put up something that another person who's thinking about running for the Republican nomination, Mike Pompeo, who was in the Trump cabinet, said he uh, tweeted, not tired of winning at Governor Ron DeSantis. You've proven conservative policies work. Florida is better for it. Vote for Ron DeSantis. Trump is better than any kid I ever met at the playground at ranking. I think that's what this is called in terms of assigning nicknames that stick. And and I I think, frankly, he may have a winner with regard to DeSantis. Time will tell. Uh, For me, the big takeaway is it's the clearest sign he really is getting in. Mm-hmm. And is about to announce. That's the best news I mean, Democrats right. are going to have. I mean, listen, there's no there's no better foil for Democrats than 
Donald Trump, somebody who is facing indictments. Be careful and, what you wish for. Well, I mean, exactly. we wished for it. In, we we wished for it in 2016, and we failed. Um, and that's for a number of reasons. And then we actually were able to beat him soundly uh, in 2020. And so, what I do believe, though, is Democrats actually rally around messaging that is opposed to everything Donald Trump stands for. It's extremely clear. And the closing message we have now, although it's not listening to voters, may actually work against somebody like Donald Trump. Well, and you know, you have the situation where a, a, a nasty Republican primary is probably good for Democrats um, because it, it, the nastier Donald Trump is, um, and by the way, Ron DeSantis is sanctimonious. He just I was released, about to say, it he just released an ad this week comparing himself to God. So uh, as a creation, uh, so the, the fact that you will be reminding voters of what they actually rejected about Donald Trump will actually be helpful. Mark, I wanted to ask you if you think that Donald Trump's timing here has anything to do also, not just with the midterms, but with trying to get ahead of your former boss and uh, close confidant, uh, Mike Pence. He's going on a book tour and Donald Trump is going to maybe try to step on that as well. Is that a well, I, no, well, I, I, That wouldn't be out of character for the former president. But I also think that in some ways to help elevate the book tour and draw more attention. I think as uh, the former vice president travels the country, he's more and more encouraged by what people tell him about wanting a different style of leadership and a level of competent leadership in this country that we've been missing. So I think it could actually just elevate it. I think we just saw the beginning of the Mike Pence... Uh, <laughs> the Mike it's Pence not real and right. it's a nickname. Maybe All right, guys. draw Pence out to say things about January 6th that he really hasn't said. All right, guys, thank you so much. Mike Pence has to grill a few. We got to leave it there. All right, folks, again, I think some people, good afternoon. Some people may not like that. Um, I, I think Dana Bash is, I think she's very good. I think it was a very good. What What I like is when you can get people on both sides to drop a lot of the spin, especially with the Democrats and just be honest. Now, this is different. This is breaking. Whistleblower says Vice President Joe Biden was involved in Hunter's foreign deals. The Daily Mail is riding with this. He was centered on the returns and in the family coffers, a group call to discuss online gambling ventures in Latin America. President talking like he was chairman of the board. Hmm. I'm not sure what to make of that. But I want to go back to this is, folks, locally now. It It is people are upset. People are fed up with the direction things are going. And the McKee people are upset that they're getting caught. That's for sure. The McKee people are upset that... In essence, that they're that they got caught trying to help elderly, intimidate, manipulate elderly from uh, for voting. And I mean, th- think about that just for a moment, right? That. And they're, they're very upset on social media that they, they were the ones that posted the photo where they're basically Governor McKee himself is the one who's, who's then instructing this woman exactly how he wants her to vote.
and something has to be done. Now, I think there's going to be a lot of problems over the next couple of days. I don't like this, this the early voting that's going on. It's way too long. Come on, what is this? It's not fair to the candidates. It's not fair to the process. I don't think... All right, I want to go to... Um, let's go to the Today Show. Here we go. The hot, Oh, no, Steve Kornacki. Here we go. Uh, breaking down the final numbers. He does a good so job with the map. New poll. Let's go to, right to that generic ballot. It usually is a telltale sign. And look, we show in the registered voters here a tie between the two parties. The big shift from our last poll, there's an uptick we're finding in enthusiasm at the very end here among Democratic voters. That's their hope right now, that they have an enthusiasm burst at the last minute. Let's talk about the president's approval rating because that often translates to what we see down ballot on election. And, and that is a little bit at odds with what you're seeing here in the generic ballot, because check this out. Our poll gives Joe Biden an approval rating of 44 percent right now. Put that in some perspective. Here's the recent presidents in our final poll heading into their midterms. 44 for Biden. That's right in line with Trump in 2018. His party lost 40 seats with Obama in 2010. His party lost 63 seats. You see the outlier, George W. Bush in 2002. His was the party that defied history, actually gained a handful of seats. So the Biden approval number, especially in the economy, it's right in line with presidents whose parties have taken it on the chin in midterm elections. So really what's at stake is who controls Congress and that's going to come down to a handful of states. Yeah, let's look at the Senate where it's closest. 50-50 right now. Republicans needing a net gain of one. So here's three, probably the three top Republican targets and what the poll averages look like. They're close across the board here. Democrats are really hoping that Mark Kelly, the incumbent, can hang on in Arizona. He leads by a point in the average over Blake Masters. Nevada, Catherine Cortez Masto against Republican Adam Laxalt. Laxalt actually up a little bit in the polling average here. If Laxalt were to win this race, could that be the game Republicans need to get the Senate? And Georgia, of course, the biggest wild card of all. Not only is it almost dead even between Warnock and Walker, there's the possibility this goes to a runoff. And all of this just underscores the importance of Pennsylvania, what you were just hear Peter talk about because this is the one opportunity Democrats really have to pick up a Republican seat. And if Fetterman can win this race here in Pennsylvania, they could absorb Democrats could have lost in one of those three states I just showed you. All right, we'll see how it all plays out. It's going to be a long night, Steve. We'll see you tomorrow night. We're going to have the very latest as the polls open tomorrow on today. And as mentioned, a long night. Be with us, NBC. That's uh, Savannah Guthrie. Folks, good afternoon at 151. I think it's going to be just a blowout. I think it's going to be a blowout. I think people are fed up the way things are going. I and I I I also believe I don't know who's going to win the governor's race. Governor McKee has been leading. But boy, everywhere you go, you see Ashley Kayla signs. Governor McKee, folks, good afternoon at 152. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Now, you can uh, also listen online and please visit the website, dpetro.com. We have this story up. I, I, Governor McKee, he really, think of this, he lost primary day to Helena folks. She won day of voting. Then why did he advance? Why did he be declared the winner of the primary? Because he won with 3,000 mail ballots. He got more mail ballots than her. 
But there's a so you're not talking about a really popular governor. He's been leading. She is not as well known, Ashley Kalis. I'll be the first one. I, I someone sent me an email, and if you'd like to go to the website tobitro.com and hit contact John, and you can send me a direct email. Um, someone asked me to give her a grade on the type of campaign she ran. I wouldn't give her an A. I wouldn't give her an A. Um, I'd give her a B. I think she's a B. I think she's a solid B. Put in the energy, the enthusiasm. She is a clear alternative. There is an alternative in the race. That's all you can ask for. If you want everything to remain as it is, well, then you're going to vote for Dan McKee. It's actually pretty simple. But if you say, no, wait a minute. State is headed in the wrong direction. The country's headed in the wrong direction. This is, you know, this is ridiculous how much I'm spending every time I go to the grocery store. I saw in the Boston Globe, they interviewed some people in New Hampshire about the Senate race. And they, one of the people they spoke to, they, they caught him, um, I mean, they caught up to him, I should say. They were speaking to him right outside the grocery store in New Hampshire. And, and he said, see this cart of food just as the man was coming out? He said, see what I just bought two years ago? Maybe even a year ago. This was this was fifty bucks. Now it's hundred and fifty bucks. All right, I'm seeing some of the headlines. How about the the uh, Indianapolis Colts have fired the head coach after the twenty six to three loss to the Patriots? Even though Quiddy Pay of Hendrickson had a fantastic job. Sununu laughs, calls timing at Trump's bit a terrible idea. I want to play that. I agree with that. I'm so glad President Trump has not announced. There'll be plenty of time for that. But I, I think it comes down to that. This whole business of you know, is this where we're at? You have to pay that much? Things are so expensive. I I I don't I don't know if it's enough to tip, I think the Republicans are going to do better than people think. I think they're going to do better than people think. Not Obama or Democrats sulking and moping is not an option. Biden calls protesters holding signs denouncing socialism idiots. Yeah, but that's what a, a big part of the Democrat Party has become. Watch the race in Arizona. Well, there's a lot of good races to watch. Now, closer to home, though, I don't, it's tough. Did she do enough? Did Ashley Kalis do enough to win people over? We're going to find out how angry people are when they go to the polls. Races to watch, Boston Globe, Arizona governor, no question. New Hampshire first congressional district, that's one to watch. Chris Pappas, Georgia Senate. How about Oregon governor? Oregon hasn't elected a Republican since 1982, but it might happen.
this uh, Republican, Christine Drazen. Oregon may elect a Republican governor. The Nevada Senate seat, Donna Perry's talked a lot about that. Adam Laxalt, they're a big family in Nevada. I think I have Chris Sununu. I think I have that sound of Chris Sununu, um, who's very good, by the way. I think I have the... I think I had the sound of that. Folks, bear with me. I think, oh, here it is. Yeah, he was on, uh, Chris Sununu was on Face the Nation. Let's listen. Possibility of, uh, all right, let me hear. What what does it do to our him in a Republican party? Here we go. Former President Donald Trump is uh, expected to announce his candidate for the presidency. CBS is reporting that that could be within a matter of days. What does that do to your party? Does anyone have a chance of actually beating him in a Republican primary? What does it do to our party? Nothing. Nothing. It'll have no effect on anything. And I mean that quite sincerely. First off, announcing you're going to run for office between an election and Christmas is a terrible idea. Because one thing I can say for America is we're all going to be really happy one way or the other that the election is over come Tuesday. And everyone's going to want to take a breath and re-engage with their families and deal with some really serious issues. And then politics, you know, really gets back into the mix of things in early 23. Whether the President Trump decides to run or not, it's not going to make any difference in terms of the fact that you're still going to see eight to maybe even a dozen other candidates jump in the race. He doesn't keep anybody out of the race. Right. So it's still going to be, I think, on both sides. I think I don't think President Biden is going to run again. I think on both sides of the aisle, you're going to have maybe a dozen individuals over the next six to nine months come out and decide to run. You know, I'll say this, though, what he what he does, what he does. But what he does is it's going to be harder for people to raise money. I I don't know. Is he going to run again? Hmm. We're going to find out. All right, folks, it's one fifty-eight. Good afternoon, one and all. It's Juan. It's the John DePietro Show. It's Election Eve. It's a beautiful Monday. My goodness, look at this blue sky. You would think people would be in a good mood. They're not. This portion of the program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Delicious lunch, dinner, or drinks in the lounge. They're waiting for you right off of 146 at the Lodge Pub and Eatery. 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Folks, I want you to enjoy this beautiful Monday. I will be doing Facebook Live later. Tomorrow is Election Day, so make sure you vote. Now, visit the website, topetro.com. We'll have the latest on this McKee uh, voter voting scandal that is breaking. Not good news for him on Election Eve. Stay tuned for the 2 o'clock news. It also sounds like the Bidens are in trouble. That's another bomb being dropped on this election eve. And then tomorrow, the big day is finally here. Election day, November 8th, 2022. It's John DePietro. Enjoy this Monday. We're back on the radio tomorrow at 11. WNRI, Winsocket. W260DC. WNRI.